Hey there, I'm Judy Kroon, Canada's keynote humorist. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Mindful Monday. Today's episode, Parenting, Finding Calm in the Chaos. We're going to be doing a series of these podcasts and then hopefully a live show in the near future because parents and kids are stressed out. Resources are tapped. COVID has made those resources even more limited. So I have two experts here who... Uh, who want to make these resources available to parents who uh, don't know what to do. I mean, parenting can be a wonderful, magical experience. It can also be very stressful, especially during the toddler and preschool years. Today, we're hoping to help parents find some calm in the chaos through connecting with themselves and with their young children. We're actually going to do this podcast in three parts. Episode one, it starts with connection. Episode two, when things go wrong. And finally, episode three, teaching kids to meditate. So we hope that you tune into all three parts if you are a stressed out parent. I have two very special guests with me for all three episodes, Kara Colson and my sister, Debbie DeCroon. Kara is a family facilitator. She works with families that include a person with an intellectual, developmental, or dual diagnosis disability, often with autism, and she helps them navigate the service system in Durham region. She's also a mindfulness life coach at Pearl Mindfulness Education. I've had the pleasure of interviewing Kara so many times on just another Mindful Monday. Um, she's absolutely amazing. If you just go back to any of those podcasts, she's phenomenal. She teaches mindfulness and meditation to adults, but also here's the thing. She also teaches mindfulness and meditation to kids. We're never too young to learn. Uh, Debbie is a pediatric speech language pathologist. She has worked at various children's treatment centers and school settings, helping children with delays, autism, ADHD, and other complex communication disorders. Debbie now operates a private practice where the focus is as much on parent training and coaching as it is on helping children to become better communicators. Debbie has always felt that parents need to see themselves as the experts when it comes to knowing their child and that no professional can have as great an impact on a child's communication skills as a parent who can adapt to their child's changing needs. So this is going to be phenomenal. Ladies, welcome to the show. Thanks, Thanks Judy. Judy. Yeah, so episode one of Finding Calm in the Chaos. Dun, dun, dun. It starts <laughs> with the connection. Kara, it's so great to chat with you again. How are you? I'm great, Judy. How are you? I can't tell you all the uh, tremendous feedback I get uh, on the podcast oh. that we've done together, meditation, mindfulness, your practical exercises. But I didn't realize that you did these exercises with, with kids as well. I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I recall years ago being in the school of my own daughters that they attended and um, getting in the gym with, oh, gosh like 80 or 90 kids to <laughs> do yoga and meditation with them and having just a blast kids are the most fun to teach this to what's the youngest that uh that a child can learn to, to to meditate or be mindful i think it's something that you can be mirroring for them right from the beginning but certainly when they start to move around and also maybe even 
be out more in the um, community, uh, maybe, uh, maybe two or three. Wow, that's amazing. And Deb, welcome to the show. Full disclosure, Debbie is the uh, the smart one, the smart brain. She's the brains <laughs> in the family in the operation. <laughs> How you doing, Deb? I'm fine. It's, uh, it's nice to talk to you about something other than uh, the Raptors terrible season. And, uh, <laughs> That's another stress, show. <laughs> our shared stress over the uh, the Blue Jays and the Maple Leafs bandwagon, which we've all jumped on to. Um, no, it's, it's fun to finally do this with you, Jude. Yeah, excellent. And you know what? Lots of great information between uh, the two of you. We've always said that we wanted to do something like this. Uh, you guys are are good friends and you're out there in the Durham region doing such amazing work. So thank you for coming on the show. And uh, I love the title you guys came up with, um, Finding Calm in the Chaos. Uh, it starts with connection, which is so important. So uh, Kara, I'll go back to you. What do we mean when we say connecting with uh, with ourselves, with our with our kids? Um, what do we mean by all of that? Well, I truly do stand behind it, meaning meaning about connection. And so, truly, how aware are we of where we're at in our own mind? How aware are we if we are even? thinking in the present moment and when we're parenting especially little ones it is so easy to get derailed to not even know where we are get caught up in the worry and the stress and the what-if thought processes that one of the first things I like to ask parents especially of younger children is where's your mind right now you know if you're going to ask yourself that what would you find out <laughs> Nope. You know, how connected are you with where your mind is at? Are you in the present moment? Are you able to be aware of what's happening in the here and now? Or are you just on the train of what ifs and what could be? This is an important first start because if you are on the train of what if, you're certainly not connecting with your child in the here and now. And they can sense it. Uh, so what are the responses that you get or what are some of the more interesting responses that you get when you say to parents, <laughs> where are you now? Usually <laughs> laughter. It's a great, um, it's a great opener with someone who's a new person with me and, and working with me because people get really nervous around this stuff as well, especially parents, because you're already so worried about, you know, how your how your child's doing in school, or is your child speaking yet? Is your child walking yet? Little Johnny's walking. How come mm. little Eva isn't walking? And I mean, it just is such a, a wrought time within an adult's life, being a parent, especially of a young one. And so, Asking that question usually brings laughter, but then it also brings an immediate awareness to, yeah, I'm not here right now. And is this a is this a cultural thing? I mean, in North America, are we more maybe in North America and Europe? Maybe I'm stereotyping. Are we more disconnected than, say, uh, countries like India, Asia? 
Um, is this just, you know, is, is it just our lifestyle that we just have too many things, you know, too many shiny objects distracting us all the time? Jude, as a um, comic, there's one in particular I'm thinking of, and she is Indian and she's married to a Dutch man. And she has a really great stand up uh, about being an Indian mother and her expectations on her kids as opposed to her Dutch husband or just <laughs> wants to give them Lego and everything is going to be okay. You know, um, <laughs> I don't know her name right now, but she's brilliant. And no, from I don't have statistics, but I know from my own work with people, it's across the board with every culture. Okay, well, that's encouraging because I've always thought, oh, we're doing something wrong here in North America. We got to get on the stick. You know, I mean, how long has meditation, how long has mindfulness been around? Um, Deb, would you like to jump in here? I mean, what does connection uh, mean in terms of helping a child becoming a, a more successful communicator? Mm -hmm, sure. Well, I, I really echo Tara's words that uh, parents, especially nowadays, are so inundated with information um, about milestones, about, um, you know, the, you know, they've got their Amazon tab open at all times for that next toy that they should be buying for their child. What, you know, what should they be reading? How much? Um, should they be using flashcards? Are iPads okay? Like, um, you know, and, and when you are caught up in those worries, as Kara said, it's really hard to be present for your child. And what does that even mean? Um, so when parents, you know, come to me because there might be a concern or they're uncertain um, or just, you know, talking to parents that I run into or, or colleagues, you know, that have kids, when parents say, you know, when is my child going to talk? That really is... Um, not a mask. The, the real question is, is my child going to be an effective communicator? And then beneath that question is the real concern, which is, is my child going to have friends? Is my child going to learn? Is my child going to um, be, you know, successful in the world? Is my child going to be independent? Um, and so for me, obviously I have, I have a bias because this is what I do for a living, mm -hmm. but communication and connection go hand in hand for human beings. Um, and you know, what I try to tell parents is you already have everything that it takes to help your child to connect with you. And that is the very first step in terms of developing communication and language skills. So we talk a lot about foundation skills, right? If your child is going to learn how to talk, they need to first connect with people, be interested in people, um, socially engage with people. That is the starting point for all of this. Um, and the most important people for babies and toddlers to do that with are their primary caregivers um, or their grandparents who may look after them. Um, and, you know, 
because through that social engagement, we teach kids all the things they need to know about communication, which are, you know, looking at people's faces, copying people's facial expressions and gestures, starting to use our mouths and our lips and our tongues to make sounds, um, and eventually then impacting another person's behavior by being able to request things or label things or say, hey, I really like that, I'm interested in that. Um, so, you know, the, the connecting piece really is the starting place. And if that's been disrupted, you know, for children who have autism or other developmental delays, um, or for children who don't have uh, engaging partners for a variety of reasons, mental health issues with parents, um, you know, just people who are not available to them, it really kind of you know, disrupts all of the subsequent steps. That was a really long answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and that was all three episodes in one episode. No, I'm totally teasing you. <laughs> um, now, just off the top, Deb, um, what people, a lot of people seem to think with, with speech pathologists is that you just deal with, with cases of stuttering. But that's actually, I, I know you, I know other speech pathologists, that's really just sort of the tip of the iceberg. Communication is the big, big piece of the iceberg underneath the uh, the surface, correct? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, depending on people's own uh, history with, you know, speech language pathologists, perhaps as a child, you know, they, they stuttered, as you say, or they had an articulation delay, they couldn't say their S's, or they, you know, had a language and learning disability, and that impacted their reading as well, and their, their success in school. So, yeah, communication really is the umbrella term. Um, and within that, right, as I said, that foundation skills are connecting with people. Um, almost everything children learn is through copying and imitation. So when you think about how powerful that is, you can't learn if you're not connected with people. You can't learn if you're not spending time with people. And when I say social engagement, people, people sometimes take that to mean, well, my child is shy or my child is more outgoing. We're not talking about temperament or introverts versus extroverts. All humans are born with the desire to engage with other people. Um, and as I said, if that's disrupted or if it's hard for kids to do that for a variety of reasons, um, they can't learn to imitate and they can't learn to the, the meanings of the words that they hear people saying to them. Um, and without that, they can't learn how to speak or use other forms of communication. I'm Judy Croon, and again, we are doing a special episode of Just Another Mindful Monday. This is especially, this is one of three parts for parents uh, calling, calling uh, we're calling it Finding Calm in the Chaos. And it all starts with connection, connecting with your child. And Deb, you were saying that you actually put out a question to your clients recently about mm -hmm. uh, about connection. What what was it again? So um, some of my clients I've worked with for a number of years, but I asked them to think. I asked the parents of my clients to think back to a time when they really felt 
connected to their their baby or toddler at that time. Um, what was going on at the time? And the answers were really interesting to me, but not that surprising. The things parents talked about were um, having baths together, uh, uh, tickling, chasing, roughhousing, walks to the park, um, looking at books together, uh, nature walks. Um, what were some of the others? Singing was a huge one. And Aww. now we're talking about children who have identified you know, speech and language delays. But I think if you survey most people, most parents and caregivers, some of those themes would arise as well. And I think the reason for that is because not only are those activities fun and engaging for the child, the parent is having fun mm. and it's easy for parents to engage with children in those kinds of activities. And that's why those old school, you know, um, <laughs> chasing kids, pushing them on swings, tickling them, singing old McDonald's, uh, bouncing them up and down on your lap, playing peekaboo. Those early social games are with a fun, a supportive, an engaging adult is where children really start to learn about words like uh oh and wow and they hear funny sounds and and the adults make these animal sounds or they open their eyes really wide and the child starts to open their eyes wide to communicate something or the adult raises their arms up to indicate i'm going to pick you up and the child learns oh that's a communication gesture i can raise my arms up when i want to request pick me up um so it's and you notice that I didn't mention toys at all and it's not that toys aren't important but that's really not what little kids require in order to start to connect and learn those very early communication skills and you can't skip over steps that's the thing about development um, <laughs> if you haven't learned how to engage if you haven't learned how to imitate people if you haven't learned how to communicate non-verbally with gestures, pointing, shaking your head, yes, uh, nodding your head for no, you will not jump over those steps and get to talking. So sometimes we have to go back to those early steps and start there. So Kara, I'm gonna pull you in on this one for parents who, as you said, you've gotta, first of all, uh, you know, you've gotta stop all the, the talking in your own head. It's about simplifying it, something that is something that is simple. So what's what's your go-to if you're if you're dealing with a parent who just can't seem to turn it off? What's what's their what's your go-to in terms of a simple way to connect with their child? And I suppose age obviously matters as well, but Deb, I get the sense that you're talking about kids that are what two years old, three. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, this is this is baby stuff. Um, okay. But again, if if you are talking about a child who has autism or some other sort of developmental delay, they may be at still at that baby stage of social engagement, and you have to build things up from from there. Um, yeah. Okay, so Kara, you're the parents climbing off the wall, well, climbing up the wall. What do you tell them? How do you how do you talk them down? 
<laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I loved what Deb said. Um, I want to point out that everything she said as well to do with a child's um, doesn't only not only require toys, but doesn't require any money at all. Mm -hmm. It requires the currency of connection alone. And that truly is the most important thing. So as Deb was saying, you know, pushing on a swing, it's really difficult to be caught up in your own head and not present in the moment of pushing your toddler in a swing, or you perhaps are going to get a kick in the face, right? Like it's, it's that simple, but those simple things of reading a book or, um, you know, playing tag or playing soccer out in the backyard. I mean, these types of things, these things that don't cost money necessarily, but just the currency of being present and connecting all on its own goes all the way up into teen years. Teen years are different. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I always found my own two daughters were the best captive audiences when we were driving. And before I kind of got a little more with it, with my own asking myself where my head was, I would find myself talking at them. Mm. And I would be rifling through all of my own worries and fears. And that was coming out at talking at them, telling them how they should do things until I started to really catch that. And instead, I would just drive silent. And I found I got more conversation out of those two than I ever did mm -hmm. at any other time. And mm -hmm. they weren't even asking me to say anything. They just wanted to be listened to. Mm -hmm. They wanted me to hold space with them. And I think it doesn't matter what age the child is, doing that practice and process of just holding the space with them. Let them guide you. I mean, Deb was saying something earlier that was also pretty brilliant, but I love her anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, right back at you, Kara. <laughs> to parents leading the children, it seemed as though the worries of the parents were bringing them in to see Deb. Sometimes they come in to see me, um, you know, in a different capacity, but it's all those parental worries. And when Deb was talking about that, I was thinking, you know, the real job of parenting sometimes is to put the worries aside and let the child lead you. Yeah. Deb was talking about all those worries of, is my child going to have friends? Is my child going to keep up? Are they going to make the grade? What's that going to look like? Well, what does it look like to just hold space with the child and be quiet and let them lead you? Mm -hmm. Let them tell you what they're worried about, if anything, and pay attention to that, not mm -hmm. all the other chaos mm -hmm. that's going on in your mind. Mm -hmm. Karen, I love that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead, Deb. Um, I love the way that you phrased that because following your child's lead is a concept that we talk about so often when working with parents and young children and and even you know as as the children get older and holding that space and not feeling like you have to fill all that space with teaching your child something right um and again when you think about it a big part of communication is you know taking your turn and then waiting and yeah. watching to see what 
the other person's turn is going to be. And then you respond on topic. Um, you know, when we, when we think about the people that we like, when I think about the people I like to spend time with, and the two of you are at the top of the list. <laughs> Mutual admiration. Sure. <laughs> you are, and you know, going back to what I said about a communicate, what is a, what is a good communication partner for a kid? It's someone who's supportive. It's someone who's engaged. It's someone who listens and you know doesn't feel the need to teach you something or solve your problems or um or fill all the space and you know again going that goes back to the beginning with young kids they will lead you if you leave that space and time for them to do that always and yeah even once you introduce those books you don't have to read the book the way it's written, you know, open the book and see what is it that your child is interested in on that page. The thing that they point to that you label for them, they're going to have a much greater chance of remembering that word monkey than if you had started talking about the elephant or the palm tree. Um, it's the same thing with toys, right? When we introduce toys and play with toys is very, very important for learning. Um, you know, sometimes parents will have this idea like, okay, we're going to build a, a fire hall out of Lego. My kid loves that. And the kid's like, actually, you know, I'm going to line these, these Legos up and this is going to be a road for my dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> right? Your, your child is going to learn when you label and talk about the thing that they're focused on in that moment. And let's say kids that. have short attention spans. <laughs> I love what you're saying, Deb. And, and I mean, kind of piggybacking on that and children guiding you. I mean, I wish I could go back and take those times that you know, I was worried in the stool in the corner about, I don't know, what the grade one teacher would say about yada yada. Um, yeah. And my 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 kids would come to me again and again and they'd say, can we play? Is it time to play? Let's play. Let's go to the park. Let's go to the park. Let's play a game. Let's play a game. And what would I do um, in my unwise state? I would say, not that I'm wise, but I would say, <laughs> I'll be with you in a bit, you know really they're telling me they're guiding me this is how i want to connect with you mm -hmm. this is how i connect with you mm -hmm. be here now right well you know there's something that uh either deb or kara you had mentioned uh off air something called owl that's an mm -hmm. acronym for uh but tell us what that is an acronym for because i yeah. think that kind of puts ever pulls everything together that we've been talking about yeah so the the hannon program was developed by a wonderful speech language pathologist in toronto um, and there have been many spin-offs from that, but it was one, it's an evidence-based program where uh, parents are brought in as the, the main teachers for their children with some coaching from other professionals. So OWL means observe, wait, and listen. And it really ties in with what we were saying about following your child's lead, especially if you're talking about a very young child or a child who has 
communication challenges, you may not hear any words from that child for some time. So you're going to be observing their facial expressions. They may take a, a longer time to, you know, be able to figure out, oh, I can, I can point to get you to get that thing for me. Um, you may be listening, you're not listening for words early on, you are listening maybe for just vocalizations or some sounds. And that's what the acronym is. It's observe, wait, and listen, and then take it from there. Take your cue from the child. I love that acronym because mm -hmm. it also um, sets up meditation and learning how to meditate very well. Observe, wait, and listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. I love that. That's such a, uh, that owl like wise advice that both of you have offered in this uh, particular podcast. We're going to continue in our next podcast. So make sure you tune in. If you'd like to either contact Kara Colson or Debbie DeCroon, I have the information in the podcast. I've got the links. Uh, but we are going to continue these uh, amazing conversations. You guys are are so wise uh, in helping us find <laughs> calm in the chaos. We're going to talk about the pandemic the next time, the effects that's had on children. Uh, so over the next couple of weeks, please stay tuned. And uh, we'll just um, if parents want to get a hold again of either Debbie or Kara, I will include the links. So thanks again for tuning in to Finding Calm in the Chaos. Uh, until next time, I'm Judy Croon. And if you have any questions for me, or like I said, our guests, you can reach me at judycroon.com. <laughs>